Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. Class is in session, and today we're going to look back at the year that's been in 2022, now that we're almost three-quarters of the way done. And as always, I'm your host, Scott White, also known as Professor RPG, and I'm flying solo this week just to kind of look back and talk about what I've been playing and hear about what you all have been playing, so let's jump right in. I don't know about the rest of you, but we're jumping all the way back to January one of the games that I still can't quite wrap my head around, like it doesn't feel like it came out this year, but it was Pokemon Legends Arceus. I mean, at this point, I feel like Arceus came out last year. Um, I didn't, admittedly, I didn't put as much time as I really want to, have wanted to, into Arceus. Um, but what a great kind of up update to the traditional Pokemon formula. It was... The quasi-open world kind of large area, the adjustments to catching and being able to choose when your Pokemon evolve. Like, there's so many cool things and aspects to Legends Arceus that uh, it, 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 it reinvigorated the old um, 30-something Pokemon trainer in me. Um, reinvigorated that that youth that youthful exuberance i had for the series long ago when i first got into it and while i haven't played or haven't beaten it it was such a breath of fresh air um i still but the fact that it came out this year like in january it um it's kind of wild to me still um end of january mind you but um and, and at this point, like, at the time of recording, we just recently had the Pokemon Direct where they showed off a bunch more things with Violet and Scarlet, and it's, um, it's wild to me that we're getting, we, we got both Arceus and we'll be getting new main gen titles released in the same year, and yes, I know, different teams, yada yada, etc., but, uh, I'm, I think the fact that Scarlet... And Violet are also coming out this year. That expands that expands so much. It's seemingly, granted, we haven't played it. We're still three months out from it. On the formula and the the stepping stones that Arceus put laid down, the fact that it's the same year is uh, is impressive. I'm just hoping performance on Scarlet and Violet is decent. Um, it my biggest. I think it will run. F- okay um i think it'll uh, feel good i think it'll it'll be a fun game my biggest concern is i i don't trust nintendo online i don't trust the multiplayer aspect of this game well the co-op aspect i think battling and everything will be fine i they, they've had that down since the the ds um the ds era but the what they're asking for the from their online service um with with the co-op is a lot for nintendo online services and if they pull it off i think it'll be really cool i have a lot of friends that i know i i would jump at the chance to play with uh, off the bat i mean he, the folks here at uh ip alex quinn mike i don't know if jared's much of a uh, pokemon fan but uh, i mean mike is a huge fan um i mean Mike and Quinn, they do the, the Pokemon cast, or the, they've done the Pokemon episodes where they rank Pokemon along with Alex, but the, the Pokemon profs of IP, I know they're super excited, but I, I can't wait, and I hope, I hope things are stable enough that we can do some Wednesday night streams of uh, Violet or Scarlet. I think that will be fantastic. If, if they can pull it off, which I, I... I have low expectations <laughs> is um, pretty pretty much what I can say. And just just going forward, 
my list and kind of what I'm going to talk about in terms of the games I've played will be in no particular order, just the ones as I remember them. I did jot them down, um, but they won't be in order of release. So just just heads up, listener, that uh, that will be how it goes. Next up, I remember, was Monarch. Now, Monarch was a game that uh, developed by NIS. It's It, it was a, had a very... Shin, I don't want to say Shin, very kind of persona e vibes. It took place in a school. You had you were students with magic powers, and you could control like skeletal familiars. I don't remember like, and the whole school was covered by fog, and you had to figure out and kill these monarchs that like produced the fog in various areas and school buildings. It was I had fairly high hopes for Monarch and. This was one of the games that I reviewed for the folks over at RPG Site, which you can find, and I believe I gave it a 6. 6 or a 7, but I was, I was let down. It, the combat, I felt, was the best aspect, but everything else just... And, and the portraits. I think the hand-drawn, like, the drawn art aspects were very well done. I think, aesthetically, it had some cool stuff going for it. It was just a lot of reused school hallways... A lot of reused enemy designs. Um, the bosses I thought were pretty cool. I, I dug the s- strategy element um, of it. And, th- and this is another thing we're going to get into. Can we just say that the strategy RPG genre has seen like a out-of-nowhere resurgence this year? Like, 2022 has been such a strong year for fans of the strategy RPG genre. Like, grid-based tactical RPGs are back. I mean, you ha- like I said, Monarch, not the best example, but you have the likes of Monarch. You have other indie titles such as Symphony of the War. You had Dark Deity, the kind of the Fire Emblem uh, indie-like title. Uh, the Fire Emblem-like indie title releasing on switch which i thought was which i also played um just felt at home there you have tactics ogre coming out it's you had super robot wars 30 um getting an official english localization you it's just so so many strategy rpgs this year um and coming out later this year, I mean, you had the announcement of Tactics Ogre. That was that will be huge. You had Triangle Strategy, that uh, which we will be talking about shortly, but that was amazing. Um, yeah, it's it's been wild. It has been wild, and I am super happy for it. Um, you had, I think, that King Arthur game, that Fallen King Arthur game was also a Tactics game, but so many Tactics games, great to see great to see um i would argue kind of level is kind of a tactical rpg because it's grid based and you do moves though that's a weird it's kind of a weird game um but yeah monarch wasn't a huge fan i i i see promise in the series like i would be cool if they continue with a monarch 2 like i would like to see a monarch 2 i would just like them to see put more production value in monarch 2 also drop the twin cest I wasn't a fan of the, the that whole uh, kind of underlying thread uh, between the between the twins. That was kind of weird. Um, yeah, could do with less of that. Could do with less of that. Uh, one thing that I could do kind of of more of, which probably won't happen because there's only two games. Well, two main games. Were the Switch ports of Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2. Uh, I reviewed both of these also for RPG site. And bugs aside, and I know there were bugs. There was a larger bug, especially for KOTOR 2, that uh, has since been addressed. But man, it was it was so good to revisit these games. It was a blast from the past. And in Unfortunately, we did. I did record a, a Kotor one episode, but the audio it was just it's uh, one of the lost episodes of the show. And I said there, it's like I have a, just such a distinct memory of that game um, growing up. So 
as a bit of a backstory, my brother had the Xbox, uh, and I had the PlayStation 2. And that's kind of how it ran for a while, for a good for a good bit, while he was still in, into video games when he was up at school. And I remember it was the summer KOTOR 1 had come out, or the summer after KOTOR 1 had come out. And I had gotten my wisdom teeth out. And I remember lying on the couch, watching in, like, a painkiller-induced haze from having my wisdom teeth out as my brother played KOTOR 1 um, on the main TV. And I just always associate this, like, I associate this game with with those that memory. Like, it's not a bad memory, it's a kind of a funny memory, but I will always associate Knights of the Old Republic 1 with having my wisdom teeth out. And honestly, possibly because that was so later in the year, um, it's possible I might have been playing it. Because Kotor, I want to say, came out in the winter. I feel like my brother got it for Christmas. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But regardless of who was playing, maybe it was my dog. I don't know. I just associate KOTOR with having my wisdom teeth out. So being able to revisit in in the hand, on the Switch, felt really great. In my opinion, these both both of these, these Switch ports, bugs and blemishes all, are the best way to play these games. Um, it, it just feels so good to be able to pick it up, take it on the go, set it back down, pick it back up where you were. It... Uh, it just, this is my favorite, this is my preferred way to play KOTOR 1 and 2. Um, and I'm glad that the developers, Aspir, of these ports are working on fixing or addressing the the major bugs in KOTOR 2. But, like, now you get all these, with them being the studio that was also covering the um, remake of KOTOR 1 and all the debacle and how that's now delayed indefinitely. It's a wild ride for KOTOR this year. Um, even Tor, the Old Republic, the MMO, got some... Excuse me, from what it sounds like, a pretty good... Pretty good um, expansion with Rise of the Sith, I think it was called. Um, yeah, so pretty good uh, mixed year uh, i would say so far for the old uh, knights of the old republic but i would definitely definitely give the switch ports of um coat the first two games a a look see um another big game that i played that i was i shockingly enjoyed a lot more than i thought i was going to was stranger of paradise final fantasy origin now this game was campy as hell it was campy, it was cheesy, the dialogues were at times rather cringe, but as a big fan of the Neo games, I really, really liked Stranger of Paradise's gameplay. It was this strange retelling slash prequel slash deep dive into the lore of the original Final Fantasy was a choice, and I think... I would say 80 per 80 to 85% nails it. Um, now, by this point, the, the first DLC, the Trials of Bahamut, has released, I believe that's what it's called, um, has released. I have not dived into it. I have not dove into it. I'm intrigued. See, it's one of those games I really want to play with people. Like, I want to I have a squad to, to play with, and I don't. And I've heard the Trials of the Bahamut's really hard. So I'm like, ah, okay, and I think I'm good. But maybe, maybe one day I'll I'll revisit the old stranger, and um, see how it is. I think with its success, we will see a sequel at some point. I don't know where they'll go. I mean, I guess they could do. They have a bunch of the characters from Final Fantasy II that they could use, kind of like the ones you interacted with uh, in the. Re Rebirth Dungeon? I'm trying to remember the special dungeon in the Game Boy Advance remake of 1 and 2 where you could... You played as all the dead characters? I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of ancillary characters that you could 
flesh out in The Stranger of Paradise 2. But, well, we'll just have to see. Um, kind of staying on the topic of Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy Endwalker, Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker, that was wild. I, it's, it's strange to me, and expect a large paneled cast of, uh, individuals for the Final Fantasy XIV episode that I'm currently trying to work in scheduling, um, coming soon. But yeah, this is the first time I've ever been caught up with an MMO and had to worry about things like dailies or grinding for gear. And it's it's a new experience. So I got like my first taste of MMOs back with the PS2 version of EverQuest that I convinced my parents to get without realizing that it was a monthly fee. Or was it... I can't remember if EverQuest PS2 came out. I think it was EverQuest Adventures is what it was dubbed. No, I had EverQuest on PC. That's right. But my computer sucked, and we didn't know that it was uh, a monthly fee back then. And then, so, like, I think I tried it. I used the free trial. But then the next one that I, quote-unquote, got into, which I really didn't get into, was the PS2 release of Final Fantasy 2. 11 i got it for my birthday one year the big box the hard drive all that goodness i remember starting a download not realizing like i had so much to download onto the hard drive and to get it running so when i got home after school that day i wanted to play it and it took like the rest of that day into the next day to download everything it needed so i couldn't even play it on my birthday and like Final Fantasy XI back then, and I don't know if it's the same. This it it was notoriously difficult. You leveled down. You like you had to have a fully balanced, fleshed out party in order to do anything. I remember feeling like back in the day, and you would f- spend hours getting a party together, and then someone would have to leave, and you would have to start the whole process over. But with Final Fantasy IV, then I played some while for a while, never never max leveled that. But Final Fantasy XIV, I just... The fact that you can be all the classes with a single character, the story, the fact that it's Final Fantasy, there's just so much good going with Final Fantasy XIV. Um, I, I picked up... I still have my physical disc, my physical DVD, installed DVD of Vanilla fourteen. And I, I played that a bit, and it was wild, and I played a bit of it when I went free-to-play, and then I picked up Realm Reborn, and finally with Endwalker, I'm caught up. I've done the patch quest, and it's just a weird feeling. I don't quite... I'm still trying to work through the the mental gymnastics of having to... And not, work through is I, I think a bit strong it's wrapping my head around the the dailies making sure i do dailies and, and whatnot and i think part of this i've never had like a consistent group with mmos and it's what i've always wanted to have like i played wow with some friends but they would i would always level too slowly and they would just grind and get a f- max level in like a couple weeks and i'd be left at like level 20 and it's i don't have that group to play with and i just like i want people to i want a raid group like i want a group to do the dungeons with and ultimate dungeons and all this stuff so if you're looking i play tank i i like the gunbreaker i'm also dabbling right now in red mage because i think they're really cool but if you'd ever like to play let me know because i'd really like to play with people and just hang out and do dungeons all day on the weekends and fun stuff like that. But, yes. That was a bit morbid, but don't mean to be. I'm very excited to see where the story's going after Endwalker. I'm very anxious to see what happens and the, what they're hinting at. So, yeah, Final Fantasy XIV. I hear it's a pretty good game. Um, another game that I've been playing... Of course, Elden Ring. I'm good. It's Elden Ring. It's, it's very good. It's... I would... It's Elden Ring. If you don't know Elden Ring, you probably 
don't know many of the things I'm talking about in this podcast, you like it's almost transcended into like mainstream media culture. I feel like. So yeah, I'm not going to spend much time on this because it's Elden Ring and everyone knows about Elden Ring at this point. One of the things that a lot of people were angry with, I remember, was Kingdom Hearts coming to the Epic Game Store. And only the Epic Game Store on PC. Uh, so I did pick those up day one. because Actually, I pre-ordered them, I think. But I'm a sucker for that. And I rebuy Square, Square games because I have no self-control. But with these, what really made me excited for these collections... So, I am a huge fan of randomizers, and the prospect of randomizers coming to this highly interested me. So, I have been incredibly enjoying and watching the development progress of the Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, and 3 randomizers. And now I guess there's a Birth by Sleep randomizer that's being worked on. It's wild. Haven't played that one yet, but really, really love these. Uh, fantastic, fantastic games. Highly recommend you check them out if you're a fan. But in essence, it turns each Kingdom Hearts game into a scavenger hunt where you have to find specific items that will unlock the final area for you to beat the boss. There's turn... I love randomizers. Uh, all games should have randomizers. Well, not all, most games. But... Excellent, excellent games. Really enjoy the PC ports. I think they did a pretty good job. And huge shout-outs to the randomizer communities who have developed these, because they're super, super impressive. Next up, um, my yearly playthrough of Final Fantasy V for the 4-Job Fiesta. That's been that's been fun. I've been playing it on the Pixel Remaster. So this, this year, I rolled Thief, Samurai, Blue Mage, and Knight. So, not too bad. Kind of shitty in terms of heals. Uh, but we're making do. I'm, I'm on the final fight. I'm just kind of grinding for levels in uh, Gil right now for Zeninagi. But yeah, so that should be done here not too long. But yeah, I love the Fiesta. I love... I've only played through Final Fantasy V using Fiesta rules. If you aren't familiar with those, be sure to go to forjobfiesta.com and check it out. It's a lot of fun. It's kind of a charity event that happens every year. Fun. It, it stipulates, like, you can only have four classes for the entire game, and you can... It's got a bunch of rules, and it's got a different, like, play styles you can do, and pulls from different pools. It's a lot of fun. Really enjoy it. Um, speaking, sticking with the Pixel Remasters, Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster came out earlier this year. That's been a lot of fun. I mean, it's Final Fantasy VI. It's pretty Final Fantasy VI. It's, it's good. It's real good. I like it. It, my, uh, I, it's not even a complaint, but I'd like to see, I wish they included all the bonus content, like bonus dungeons, and that have come out in subsequent ports and remasters and re-releases in these pixel remasters i do i i like those dungeons i like those options they give people um yeah may, I, maybe hopefully fingers crossed one day they'll release them as dlc or maybe if they eventually come to console they'll add them in then but yeah i, I really like all that added content like the ton like you got the Diablo summon in the GBA version of Final Fantasy VI, and that was really cool, because Diablos is awesome and underrated, and more Final Fantasy games should use them. There. That's what I'm going to say. Um, next up, I touched on this a little bit earlier. Another game that I've been playing, or played this year, and enjoying is Triangle Strategy. Now, this is an interesting one, because it's kind of turned into my airplane game. Like, I... I really enjoy it, and I have fun when I play it, but I seem to only play it when I'm waiting in an airport for a flight, or I'm en route, en route, like to PAX, or when I went to Europe. It's like, I enjoy it. I like it. Why don't I play it other times? I couldn't tell you. I just don't. But I am looking forward to PAX West coming up soon. Uh, which means, of course, that I'll have some time to play more Triangle Strategy. I'm a huge fan of the HD2D art style. I think it is, in my opinion, the best way for Square to remake 16-bit RPGs. 
I don't want, like, a 3D version of Final Fantasy VI. I don't want a 3D, super high-res version of Chrono Trigger or Bahamut Lagoon. And I think, also, Live Alive proved this as well. It's like, it's just such a perfect transition. And it looks so good. Uh, Live Alive, another game that I, I've... I've tried. I'm not a big fan. And I appreciate it. I bought myself a copy to support it. Um, but the style of RPG and kind of how it's structured has never been quite my thing. Like the disjointed, episodic approach has never really been my thing with our uh, that style of RPG. I think combat's okay. I think it's simplistic. I, it's, I think it's pretty easy. Um, I've only, I'm on the, my third chapter, I've done the, the, uh, Sundown Kid, the Western chapter, I did the, like, Street Fighter guy chapter, and now I'm on Akira's, like, the psychic superhero guy with super robots, and it's like, I I don't care about any of the characters, (laughs) And and I appreciate I, I appreciate what it's doing, and I'm glad we finally got it. And I know a lot of people love it. It's just not my cup of tea. I 100% will support it because I I need Bahamut Lagoon to be released in HD2D. I need Bahamut Lagoon to get this style of treatment. That's what I'm holding my breath and holding out for. Is that if these if Live a Live does well, if Dragon Quest three that pixel remaster does well, that we will eventually one day finally get Bahamut Lagoon. So that's what I'm hold, holding out for. But until then, Live a Live, it might be your cup of tea. Download the demo. If not, uh, buy it anyway just to support them. But uh, yeah, Triangle Strategy, real good. Like I said, that's one of that's been one of the the strong, the strong tactical RPGs, strategy RPGs out this year. Um, let's see another game that was big, a bigger release, but one that I I got uh, back for my birthday was Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. I finished it, uh, which is more than I can say for Borderlands Three. I like the magic spells. Like, there are definitely things I enjoy and was intrigued by. I love the dialogue between Wanda Sykes and Andy Samberg. It annoyed me to no end that you never saw or interacted with their characters. They were just all voiceover. And as someone who plays a lot of Dungeons & Dragons in tabletop, the fact that, like, you're, you're, you're like a party. Like, they're talking to you like they're party members of yours, but you never see them. You never... That's what I wanted. I wanted to see and interact with them in the story outside of just their talking heads. Um, it, like... It was okay. Um, yeah, I finished it. It was... It was a thing. It was a thing. Um, another game... A game that surprised me, and this was one... Initially, it was a VR-only release, and then this year it came to PC and it's cross-play, but I played this with Matt Finman at PAX East, and it was Demio. It's like this tabletop light simulation like campaign game. Really good. We It was a lot of fun. I really enjoy it, and I think you should try it if you are into tabletop as well, but... Grab a couple friends, dungeon dive, upgrade your characters. It was a lot, a lot of good, good fun. Uh, but yeah, Demio, Demio was a good time. Demio was a good time. And what's nice is you, if you buy it on Steam, you also get it on the Quest Store. Like it's this crazy. It, it's this. Um, interesting deal that the developers managed to make it, it i spoke with the pr guy at um at pax and it was really interesting i can't remember the intricacies of it but they had to like develop a system that would allow that you to if you bought it on one platform you would you could redeem it on a, the other platform it's it's it it's wild but very very fun game surprisingly fun game uh 
that yeah, P that PC or Quest owners should both take a look at. Um, you are you won't be disappointed. I don't think you will. I wasn't. Matt Finman wasn't, and he can disappoint easily. So the fact that we like stayed at the demo for like an hour and a half just to try and beat the dungeon, very good. One of my Pax East Smith, like my fondest Pax East memories. It was a good time. It's a good time. So check it out. So next I'm going to talk a bit about the, uh, and I mentioned this earlier, was the strong indie presence, uh, some strong indie offerings that we've had. And probably the, the biggest surprise for me has been the Symphony of War Nephilim Saga. Now this right now it's only available on PC, but it's it's a melding of ideas and concepts from the old ogre battle series ogre battle not tactics ogre mind you and fire emblem to create and the developer has created this rich amalgamation of the two this alchemic fusion if you will that's really impressive like it's it's impressive um graphically so it's speak i had a chance to speak with the developer during PAX East and try a demo and I covered it over at RPG site. But it's it's made on a heavily modified version of one of the RPG makers. And for combat in the maps, in the menus, you would never guess it. Um, but when it comes to like the quote-unquote cutscenes totally 100% on RPG Maker looking game. Uh, it There's a very stark disconnect between the art aesthetics that are presented in Symphony of War. In some you have chibi displays. The character portraits are like high fantasy, not hyper realistic, but very realistic proportions. In the cutscenes, they're just small chibi characters. In others, they're kind of the proportions... They almost look like they would fit more in line with a, a Final Fantasy Tactics kind of... They, people look lanky, I guess. They, and they have no noses. And that's in combat. And then the battle maps look like they're straight out of a Fire Emblem game. There's just There's a lot of different looks to this. Which honestly is my biggest complaint. It's it just needs to tie itself better together, tie all tie all the different avenues and aspects together a bit better. But gameplay is fantastic. There's so many mechanics and systems that allow you to really dive in and tweak and adjust your party or your squad makeups and your character makeups you have equipment you have skills you can recruit mercenaries you can do all these things it is a lot but it's really good the story's interesting i mean it's your typical kind of high fantasy the the creator whose name i am i apologize i am blanking on right now already has grand plans for its sequel and right now it's with it standing on steam it's getting it's i think it's currently sitting at uh overwhelmingly positive i believe it is with tons and tons of reviews on there it is a a stellar game that i think they're planning or their aim is to hopefully have it on switch or consoles next year and it'll feel so good on console and switch uh, I will definitely be replaying it and checking it out there should and if if and when it does make the, the leap from PC to console. But right now, if you have a PC, if you have a Steam Deck, check out Symphony of War Nephilim Saga. Now one game that has did make that jump from PC to console this year, another indie darling, Fire Emblem-ass clone was Dark Deity. I played this on Switch when it came out. And uh, it's very Fire Emblem. This is, this, Dark Deity is much more Fire Emblem, while Nephilim Saga was much more of a mix, a, a drastic mix of Ogre Battle and Fire Emblem. Dark Deity is straight up like Fire Emblem. It does a couple things. It expands on the, uh, the weapons and things, giving you coupled options for different attacks for each character. But 
it was impressive. Like the load times, there were some like rough spots that I wish were smoothed out a bit. Like load times, you it there are a lot of loading screens and a lot of kind of awkward just like fades to black. And but like it's still impressive. Like the fact that this was an this is an indie game speaks volumes for the talent of the studio. It is still very impressive, still very worth your time. Either on PC, on Switch, I think it's if you were a fan of Fire Emblem, you should give Dark Deity a try. I think you will still have a good time. You'll still find a lot to love here. I just hope with if they do a Dark Deity 2 that some of those areas are smoothed out a bit. Reduce loading times. Do something else other than just like fades to black. <laughs> um, yeah, like I remember like even if you turn the animations off so it wouldn't go into combat, like the, the cinematic quote-unquote combat, anytime you would fight, it would still fade to black to show the experience gain and then fade back into the same map of um like the same tactical map and it just it, it took you out of it and and there's a lot of enemies like the the maps are crammed with enemies but still good still enjoyed it um didn't uh, yeah i'd like to see it continue i hope it does continue i think it was an impressive first showing to be sure um, but yeah, that's Symphony of War and Dark Deity. Uh, both check them out. Indie Darlings. Good stuff. But uh, shout out one thing to... Now, this is a tactical mech RPG, which <clears throat> I have. I own. It's on my game shelf right now. I haven't opened yet. But Relayer, this is another tactical RPG just with a bunch of mechs. I'm very anxious to play it. I've heard good things about it. But yeah, it's just a, it's just another tactical strategy RPG that came out this year. It, it's a wild year, such a wild year for this genre that just kind of all of a sudden came back. Um, well deserved return, in my opinion. Well, de- well, very well deserved. Um, next game, and really, this isn't a game that I've only been playing this year admittedly um i've been playing with my group i think we started last year but divinity original sin 2 it's my monday night game with matt finman josh silverman uh matt storm and myself it's our monday night game it's hilarious i think we're on the last we're on the second to last act still so much fun um i'm i'm starting to wonder what will we play after what 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 will we do? I don't know. Demio maybe. Maybe we'll do Demio. We did uh, all get codes from the lovely developers, so maybe we'll maybe we'll do some Demio. But Original Sin Two is just so good. And uh, Larian Studios, holy holy cow! What a what a rock star studio. The fact that they're doing pretty damn good stuff with Baldur's Gate Three. I'm anxious for that to get final release, but. Everything I've I've dabbled in, anyway, has impressed me with that. But oh, Original Sin 2, I definitely want to get the, the gang back together to record another episode of this for, uh, with how things have gone so far as we, as we near the end. But play with friends. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful and hilarious multiplayer experience. So... You can find it pretty much on everything now. It's on Switch with cross-saves with Steam. It's on PC. It runs great on Steam Deck. It's on PlayStation. It's on Xbox. It's it's fantastic. And uh, tell them Barnaby Bickerbacker sent you. Uh, my skelly rogue boy. <sighs> Man, original sent you. So good. We had to skip this week because um, Josh was gone. Um, so I'm already getting that urge to... to to stab things in in game in game i have to be very specific i want to stab things in game that's kind of my shtick i stab and steal things but divinity original sin 2 awesome um dungeons and the dungeons and dragons games uh i play in and run 
are wonderful as always. We are nearing soon. Actually, I think it's this week. I think it's August 5th. Tomorrow is the two-year anniversary of the game I'm running. We actually have D&D tonight, so... Oh, man. This is... Wild! Um, but no, it's it's so much fun. I love my group of players, my friends. Um, and then Irrational Passions. Here on Irrational Passions, we have a game going run by Alex. And that's been a lot of fun playing uh, as Kane, Kane Glimstride, the arcane arch- archer, Amethyst Dragonborn. Treasure Hunter. I like scouring ruins, but... So be sure to give that a check out. It's on irrationalpassions.com. It is so much fun. We have uh, episodes coming out once a month. So they're longer episodes, though, so you do get your money's worth. So split it up like an hour each week of the month, and you'll be good. It's great. Um, But no, that's been so, so much fun. I ended up backing out of one game I was playing. It was just getting too busy with stuff going around the house, and I don't know. I wasn't really... I wasn't having fun. Um, I just... My character... I For what we were going through... And, like, this is another group of my friends. I've played with them for years. But, like, this specific campaign, I just... I, I wasn't having fun. There was some... Some... Not butting of heads, I would say. It's just... I, I just wasn't having fun. Um... And I think that's important. You have to know when to... If if things just aren't going well or... Things are... I don't know. Rub, might be rubbing you the right way. It's okay to, to step out, I think. Um, and it's... For me, it was also... My character... I didn't know why the party was doing anything we were doing. And, like, the stakes just didn't make sense. I had no... I couldn't wrap my head around why my character would be sticking around with these people. With the party. To do what we were doing. I was playing a lawful evil pirate captain, Captain Jolly Johns. Uh, I love the character. I think the character was a lot of fun. Um... Using he was a blade singer, I want to say bard, college of sword bard, excuse me, and I still I used more of mind trickery to get my way, um, like command spell suggestion, um, but I could still kick ass when needed to. But it was like my whole stick was I wanted to my my boat and my crew went missing. I don't I wound up in a, a strange boat. And, and from the get-go, like, it turned into, like, trying to hunt down a necro, like, a super ancient necromancer god or something. And it's just, like, it was a good story, and the DM was good. I just, I I could not wrap my head around why my character would be there. <laughs> and, it, and it's, like, I, I often was, like, and there were some butting of heads between myself and the DM, and I just, like... If, and I offered for the ease ease of things that I would drop Jolly and do a character that was just like a standard soldier, just like a hired guardsman. Um, uh, but it we're still friends. It, but it just it wasn't it wasn't for me. And it was another night of the week. It was a Monday night game. No Tuesday night games. And. Um, yeah, it was just it was just one of those things, and I was dealing with a lot of stuff at uh, at the house in my house and getting things done and all sorts of things. So I, I'm looking forward to playing with with that group of my friends again. Um, but I'll have to I'll have to get a new uh, I'll have to fit Jolly Johns into another story because I really did like that character um, and what they and what he could do and his kind of shtick. His his instrument was a special um, uh, rock tumbler, like that you would drink like whiskey or something from. But he would r- rub his 
thumb along the edge to get like the pitches he would want to use for his his casting and his inspiration and everything and he would have his rapier in his other hand he'd always have his tumbler out in one hand taking sips um captain jolly johns one of my personal favorite definitely a bit of a uh, jack sparrow in it but you know he doesn't like to be considered a pirate he's just an aggressive negotiator so but yep D and love dnd i have characters that i have a i have a google doc of characters um that i want to play one day yeah, Dungeons and Dragons. It's good stuff. Be sure to give a listen to our uh, Irrational Passions D and D show. It's a lot of fun. It's a good time. Lots of good, lots of good folks. Um, but we are on to so what I'm kind of currently playing. Um, I mentioned earlier. I kind of put Live a Live down. The the big games uh, that just recently came out. I picked up Digimon Survive Xenoblade. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and Hajimari no Kiseki or Trails into Reverie. Uh, Trails into Reverie on Steam, but uh, Digimon survives so much reading. So, like, I know it's a, like a visual novel, and I bounce really hard off of visual novels, so I should have known, but it's also like a tactical RPG, which I'm really, I'm enjoying that aspect of it. It's just so much reading, and the localization is kind of bad, but the presentation is, like, really good. Like, for, like, every kind of negative thing right now that I can say about it, I can also say something positive about it. Like, it's gorgeous. Like, I love the art and the aesthetic. They nail it. But the localization is bad, and there's things that just don't make sense. And the combat's really, like, it's a fun tactical combat RPG, and it has auto-battle, but there's just so much reading that you actually don't get to enjoy any of that for, like, the first two hours. It's just, like... It's a dichotomy, but I'll, I'll, I'll dabble. I think it's going to be one of those games that I dabble with um, here and there. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, though, my wife recently had a, a weekend, a long weekend, uh, to go on her, her yearly girls' trip, and it coincidentally landed right on the same day that Xenoblade and Digimon came out, so my weekend involved playing 30-plus hours of Xenoblade. It was pretty glorious, and, uh, wow. I'm really enjoying Xenoblade Chronicles 3. So much intrigue and mystery and kind of homages or nods or maybe tie-ins. I don't know yet to Xenoblade 1 and 2. It's I'm, I, I'm anxious to find out more and I'm biting at the bit to find out more. And I can't wait to find out more. So very, very good. And now, so about Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday before... Digimon and Xenoblade came out. I was like all set. It's like, okay, cool. I got my snacks ready. I'm going to play these games. Then someone in one of the disc in the discords I'm in informs me that there's an English patch available, like a fan localization patch for Trails into Reverie Hajimari no Kaseki on Steam. And it coincidentally was also on sale. And there's also a similar patch being worked on and, uh, that's out there for Kuro no Kaseki. That was also on sale. So that threw my entire weekend through a freaking loop. It's like, how am I going to do that? But I did end up buying Hajimari and installing the patch. And I'm still I'm still in chapter one. I didn't put as much time into it this weekend as I was worried I was going to. Because I, I my time was just gobbled up by Xenoblade. But uh, yeah been playing it on my steam deck it's super cool it's in english it seems pretty good so far hajimari seems kind of buggy and likes to crash a lot on steam deck but i guess that's just that's not a patch issue that's just a poor port issue uh from what it sounds like but yeah it's, oh, it's so good to revisit my 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 friends my friends but so many good games and and there's we still got Dio Field Chronicle this year. We have Tactics Ogre Reborn finally getting its official announcement and tra- reveal trailer this morning, like super early, like three in the morning, four in the morning. We have Pokemon coming out. We have Valkyria. Valkyrie Elysium, I think that's it. Like the next profile, Valkyrie profile game coming out. It's. We have Valkyrie Profile Leneth coming out. That that port there's just so like there's still so many rpgs we have trails from zero coming out the official localization that's like 
a month from now, a month and a half from now. It's just like, there's so many good games. There's so many good games and so many good RPGs and I can't wait to play and <sighs> no time. Just not enough time. But it's glorious. It's glorious. But I wanted to hear what other folks were playing. So, as usual, we are going to go around the net to hear about what you all have been playing. User Pure Cosmic Theory from Reddit, they say, I picked up Live a Live, Digimon Survive, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3 all on Switch on the same day. I've never finished Xenoblade Chronicles 1 or 2, so I've been trying to cram in full playthroughs of, of them, all collectopedia items, side quests I come across, etc., before tackling Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I'm about 15 hours into Xenoblade Chronicles 1 so far, and I'm loving it. Wow, that is quite the monumental task you've set upon yourself. Hopefully you have a lot of time, Cosmic Theory, but they are good games. I really, really like um, Xenoblade Chronicle games. They're, they're, they're rock stars, and props and shout-out to Monolith Soth for the, the work they've done and how they've risen through the ranks. It's uh, I don't want to say rags to riches, because they've, they've had... There's been some rough patches, but definitely never been rags levels but no it's it's good to see that they've gotten their dues and such rave reviews and high reviews of xenoblade chronicles 3 it's um great to see and incredibly incredibly well deserved next up we have user nine tailed devil from reddit they say recently started tales of zesteria i actually tried playing it once but dropped it after 10 hours because i wasn't enjoying the story and Combat felt a little too complex, to the point where it felt like the devs were just adding random bullshit to complicate things for no reason. I kind of agree. Decided to give it another go f after a long time, and I'm enjoying it way more now. Maybe because since I am already had a taste of it, I knew what to expect, and learned to appreciate it for what it is. I'm not mind-blown by anything in the game. Nothing seems exactly groundbreaking. But still, solid game so far, really enjoying it, and the characters are quite endearing. Yeah, I think... I, I share a lot of your uh, thoughts on the complexity of Tales of Zestiria. I think many aspects of Zestiria were needlessly complex and complicated and not well explained for no apparently good reason. Um, combat, I think... E I think you to really take advantage of how broken things can be in the combat, you have to, like, take a doctorate degree. Uh, and, like, merging and leveling up gear, I think there's... I ran into that issue, too. Like, I, I feel like as long as you have a basic understanding of what you're doing, you can make it through the game okay. But you'll never feel like you're really good at the game um, at least i never did like i made it through i kind of picked up things as i went but i never felt like i truly grasped a number of the mechanics in zestaria and it's it's for that fact that zestaria remains kind of on my lower list of tales lower ranking i mean of tales games still worth playing still enjoyable for what it is um, really cool to play, um, in terms of Berseria. I don't know if you played Berseria yet or before, um, but I think the pair of them, one game help, like, both games help each other become more, uh, special, I guess. I guess that's what I want to say. They help each other out. We'll just leave it at that. For the next submission, we have user Arborist3 from Reddit. They say, I've been trying to move on with my backlog, but still can't seem to uh, can't seem to be up to date. I played Fuga, Mem Melodies of Steel, which is a really nice game, albeit too short. Earthlock, a Norwegian RPG. That's kind of fun. The Alliance Alice. I don't know if that's supposed to be Alliance Alive or Alliance Alice. Great game. Alliance Alive was pretty fun, I agree. Bravely Default 2, crazy good. Definitely just as good as Bravely Default and Bravely Second. I don't get the reviews. I think it's 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 in the middle for me. Um, definitely in the middle. Um, actually, 
it yeah it's bravely default 2 is very good i liked it and i also finished the cold steel saga the fourth game reminded me a lot of cold steel 2 and that's a really positive thing considering cold steel 2 is one of my most beloved arc jrpgs i played and finished adelaide Riza and currently on the sequel i'm having a blast didn't expect Ryza 2 to be so good from the start. Great gameplay, improvements, good challenge, lovable cast, definitely a great time before I play SMT5. Xenoblade is Xenoblade 3 is coming later once it gets cheaper. Well, I don't think Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is going to get cheaper. <laughs> you might get like a $10 discount. Um, but yeah, Xenoblade games only go up in price and value. Uh, so you might be better off just maybe finding it used if you're looking for a cheaper price or just buying it now and leaving it sealed on your shelf um but yeah i'm i get the idea of not being able to keep up with your backlog i've given up on it i've resigned myself to the fact that i'm now investing in my retirement if there is such a thing as retirement when i get to that age and I'll just have a lot of uh, game collection. So let's hope I don't have a house fire, right? Second to last up, we have user Peter123. Yeah, they say, I've had a really productive year. Completed about 23 RPGs, most of it playing old classics for the first time. Xenogears, Dragon Quest IV, Vagrant Story, Final Fantasies VIII and IX, SMT3, Shin Megami Tensei III, Valkyria Chronicles, the list goes on, but I'm really happy with my playing. The biggest highlight for me would be finishing Final Fantasy XI and all expansions. 300 hours over the course of 40 days. Some of the best stories in Final Fantasy and JRPGs in general. I actually like it a lot more than Final Fantasy XIV, which I do also like. Wow! 40 days to go through XI and all the expansions. That's impressive, Peter. And also, shout out to playing some awesome classics. Like, they are classics for a reason, and you definitely hit some wonderful ones. Um, yeah, sometimes it's good to just go revisit those those classics, and if you've never played them, get around to get around to them. Like, Vagrant Story. I've never... I've started Vagrant Story a, a few times, but I've never sank my teeth into them to, uh, to actually beat them. To beat it, but there's a few like that. But good for you. Good for you for tackling such uh, rock star, rock star classics, and major props for that Final Fantasy XI uh, grind and playthrough. And lastly, we have user Tim to Turach. Sorry if I butchered that from Reddit. Elden Ring got me stuck on Soulsborne games for a bit, so mostly I've been playing through those. Played Dark Souls 3 after Elden Ring, and I'm currently about, I think, halfway through Bloodborne. I just beat Rom. Also, at the tail end of Yakuza Like a Dragon, and have absolutely loved that as well. I played Triangle Strategy when it released before playing Elden Ring a couple weeks later. Ended up playing through Triangle Strategy twice. Absolutely loved it. I'm also about halfway through Omori at the moment. <coughs> Excuse me. And I honestly can't recommend it enough. Game is super surreal and a giant emotional roller coaster. I also played Shin Megami Tensei Devil Survivor over about a week in between Elden Ring and Dark Souls 3. Good good mix. Uh, good mix of stuff, Tim. Lots of different kind of genres and themes and aesthetics. That's, that's, that's a, that is a pretty good lineup of games you have played. Um, yeah. Elden Ring got me thinking about all the Souls games, too. So I know what that's like. And just shout out to Elden Ring. Elden Ring is just very good. I, I'm still convinced that Starfield left this year uh, so they wouldn't have to be compared with Elden Ring at the Game Awards. That's my unofficial uh, my unofficial headcanon. But, um, but yes, thank you to everyone who has submitted and is chatting in the thread. It is really, really cool to see. So as always, down in the show notes, I will provide you links where you can share your own thoughts on the RPGs released this year and what you've been playing in the sh notes uh, in that thread. Can't wait to read it. But that is going to do it for another episode, everyone. Kind of a different thing, I know. Like This is kind of like a, a, a guidance. RPG you guide in episode you could say but I hope you enjoyed it still just kind of the the low-key chatting discussion talking directly to you 
no one else, just you, listener. Thank you to each and every one of you who has listened, though, today. Be sure to rate and review us on your preferred podcast service, as I'd really appreciate it. If you have an RPG you would like us to feature on an episode, tweet at underscore RPG University with the hashtag RPGU with your suggestion. Or you can share your own favorite RPGs or what you've been playing directly with me on Twitter at ProfessorRPG. And also, if you would ever like to party up in Final Fantasy XIV, uh, tweet at ProfessorRPG with the hashtag uh, FF14Buddy. Yeah, we'll go with that. I like that. FF14Buddy, if you want to play sometime. I'm on Hyperion? I'm on Primal. Hyperion, yes. My main character is on Hyperion, but I will, I'll, I'll pay to go where you are. I'm probably going to move to Ultros because I feel like lots of people are on Ultros, which is also in Primal. But yes, reach out. I'd love to play with you. But as always, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to one another, class dismissed. <laughs>